0: I think what Daryl said about identity is the most imp- one of the most important things that we need to realize is our identity, who we are in Jesus. Because Jesus created us to be worshipers. That's one of the things that we, you and I are meant to be. We are meant to be worshipers. And it's quite hard following Joe because he was so magnificent and so brilliant last week. So, that if any of you weren't here last week, you need to go to the website. Uh, and, and listen, to, listen to that. So it's very hard being second, the second person up in this series. But we were, we were made, for, made for, for worship. And we're going to worship something, whether we like it or not. And so if, if people worship uh, their horses. People worship uh, their cars. Barry is a car man, so when the, that Mercedes, that's, uh, that's going to catch his eye. Some of us worship uh, our money, our, our bank balance. Some of us worship ourselves. But God wants us to worship Him, and we were created to worship Him. I think in uh, uh, Joe shared last week that uh, in John uh, chapter four, he's looking, he's looking for, for worshipers, not necessarily our worship, but our worship, our hearts. He's looking for our hearts. Does the Lord have your heart? Because it has to stem. Everything we do needs to stem from our hearts, from our love for him. And that's why we come to the table. Because the table says to, to you today, it says you are loved. It says you are forgiven. It says you are my child. That's the, that's, that's the starting point. And we respond to the love of God, which is shed abroad in our hearts. We respond to that. And one of the ways we respond is in worship. And we shouldn't worship for results. I mean, everything we do, we need to do for Jesus. In in, uh, John's, at least in Matthew 6, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. The starting point is seeking God. The starting point is worshiping God. And uh, God is the most amazing, amazing God. He's a great God. He's a wonderful God. And as we do that, everything else gets added unto us. But I don't give in order to get. I give because my Savior gave his life for me. He gave everything up for you and I. That we might have life and we might enjoy. So I have a heart which wants to give. Because Jesus lives in me. I have a new identity. Psalm 100 says. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us and we are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. What a wonderful psalm. The psalmist is encouraging us to, to shout. I loved it when that one song said we had to shout at the end there. Because we, 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 we need to be a, th- a thankful God. We need to be, come, come and worship the Lord with gladness. Sometimes, you know, we're very led by our emotions sometimes. And I don't want to be led just by my emotions because if I came to church today and my week has been bad and it's been grumpy and and, uh, I come and I just uh, drag myself here. But the Lord wants me to offer... Thanksgiving, he wants me to give a sacrifice of thanksgiving, a sacrifice of praise. And it's going to cost me something. I might not even feel like it when I get you. When I I get you, I might not feel like praising. I might not feel like giving thanks. But he's asking us in this psalm to, as we enter his presence, to be thankful. And not just to have a thankful heart, but to actually say it. To actually thank God. And so so some of the songs this morning that we've already sang, we've already sung have, have, have echoed that. Give thanks. Give thanks. So thanksgiving, what is Thanksgiving? It's a response to the acts of God. And so we thanked Him for His creation. We thank Him for the beautiful garden that's developing there. We thank Him for the mountains. We thank Him for the sea. We thank him for, in, for intervening in our lives. We need to be a thankful people. We need to be saying it. I know my father wrote in a, a little diary. He only came to the Lord when he was 72, 73. And he wrote in a, a little book, a little journal book, he wrote, Give thanks. And every day he would write something in that, in that journal, giving thanks for fishing. No fish, exclamation mark. Give, giving thanks for the sunset. It changes the way we see life. If we have a positive, positive attitude, if we give thanks to what God has done and what God is doing in our lives. So maybe God's healed you. I mean, God healed some, uh, Jesus healed some people. Uh, was it the lepers? I don't, can't remember the story just, just now. But about ten were healed and only one or two came back to give thanks. And they received their salvation when they gave Thanks. So it needs to be a part of our lives giving thanks. We also need to praise him for who he is. He is wonderful, He's great. He's awesome. The problem with the English language is there's not enough words to describe this great God. We're saying that he's a great God, he's a big God, he's an awesome God. There's not enough words. But he is, his, and we thank him for his nature, his loving kindness, his loving kindness, his faithfulness to you and I. And yes, we might be going through some hard times and tough times, but the word of the Lord to us today is his love endures forever. Psalm 100, his unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Now I'm claiming that. I'm claiming that for, for the generations that follow me. I want you to claim that for your generations, for your children, for your grandchildren. Because as we look at the world, I think you kind of get a bit panicky. You say, look at all the pressure that they're under. Look at look, how, how they're going to survive. Look at the economy and, and you think, and, and, and where are they going? And, but God says he's going to be faithful to all, all generations. And so we are called to offer praise. We are called to offer thanksgiving. You know, we've been, as a house church, we've been, in the last couple of weeks, we've just delved delved a little bit into uh, revelations. Uh, I think uh, Greg Reed's house church has gone through the whole book. The very brave people. Very brave. But it's the most wonderful picture of what's, what's going to happen and it's like very complicated and there are dragons and uh, fire and it just like kind of blows all the fuses in our minds as we read it. And one of the things that I just uh, took away from that, that story is that our names need to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, we will experience the new heavens and the new Jerusalem. And the, 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 the picture at the end of the Revelations of what, what, uh, uh, the new Jerusalem is going to be like is just mind blowing. But that's our, that's, that's a real cry and call for, for the, for the lost out there who don't know Jesus. Their destiny is far worse. Their destiny is gnashing of teeth and burning and fire forever and ever and ever and ever. That's horrifying. So we, we pray for Kersney. I, I thank you, Lord, for, for the ministry that went, to, went out to Kersny this last week. And I pray, Lord, that, that those kids who gave their life to Jesus, you are the author and perfecter of their faith. And I pray, Lord, that you would grow them up, and they would be strong and powerful for you, and they would make a difference in their community, in their school, and those who came from my class and, and St. Mary's as well. Because, Lord, we, we need... Our young people to be full of Jesus. So why did I tell you the story about revelations? I'm not sure. But, <laughs> but, but, but really, right at the beginning, John is, in some, one of the translations it says, John is, he, he's in, uh, in worship, he's in the spirit, he's worshipping in the spirit, one of the translations says, on the Lord's day. And he has this vision of Jesus. And it's a very scary vision. And there's fire coming out of Jesus' eyes and there's swords and there's, and it's like kind of uh, quite scary. And what is John's reaction? Well, he falls flat down in his face. Flat down in his face. This is the disciple that Jesus loved. It was his favorite. I thought God didn't have favorites, you know. But he, this was his favorite disciple. Although uh, Paul Alcock was saying that John actually wrote the book, so maybe that's <laughs> so. So maybe that's why he said. <laughs> but but he he is the one that Jesus uh, Jesus loved, and he at the at the last last supper, I think he 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 rested on Jesus. There was an intimacy between John and Jesus, a special relationship. Which we all we all can have. That's what the table is so fantastic about. It brings us we all we all equal at, at the cross. And so John is on, on, his, on his face and Jesus comes and what does he do? He puts his right hand. Just a just a blessing. For me, that's the thing that spoke to me. Just that, that the Lord just comes to you where you're at. Whether you're on your face, whether you're praising, whatever it is, wherever you are, what, whatever situation. And he comes and puts his hand on you and says, it's okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And then he explains and he, then John writes this whole book, this scary book and uh, the, the whole story. But it's out of worship that he encounters, he encounters the Lord. And out of that comes this wonderful book called Revelation. Jonathan Leach says, when you ask, well, what is, what is Revelation? What does it mean? How, you know, what's it all about? And you know, What's the chronological order and everything? His, his response always is, he believes what he heard the last person say about the book. <laughs> because it's, it's kind of difficult. And maybe just take it as a story. As you read it, just take it as a story and just know that our God is in control. That our God has a plan and a future and a destiny for each of us, and it's in His hands, and we need to put our lives in His hands. So, one of the key scriptures for this uh, series on on worship and praise and is the the scripture from Two Chronicles chapter twenty. And Amanda talked about it three or four weeks ago. Uh, And Jehoshaphat, there's this the situation is happening. There's the mighty armies. There's this multitude of armies which are gathering to attack Judah. And Jehoshaphat sees this and he's out of his depth. Anybody here ever feel out of your, out of your depth? Most days. Most days. Out of, out of our depths. And what did he do? He called, uh, he called everybody into the temple to seek the Lord. And this is a, in his prayer he confessed. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do you not know what to do in your situation today? Put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on Jesus. Get into the prayer closet and pray. We are told then that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, who was a Levite, a descendant of Aspar the chief musician at the time of David, Jehaziel proclaimed, do not be afraid or discouraged. The scriptures are full of that. Wherever you look, it says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? Because there's a lot to be afraid and discouraged about. And then it gives us the answer, because of this vast, because of this vast army, do not have to be discouraged by this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is God's. The battles that you are facing today, they are God's battles. And through Jehoshaphat, uh, uh, the Lord gave them the battle plans. And then they worshipped. They worshipped. And they praised him and they gave thanks. And uh, then Jehoshaphat said to all the people, I think it's verse twenty. Listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in the prophets, and you will be successful. Jehoshaphat then proceeded to appoint a group of men to sing praises. And what did they sing? They sang, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And so they're about to face this battle, and the battle plan is a very strange battle plan. And this is when I'm quite happy that I'm not a singer. Because now the the singers are in the front. They're going out in the front. They're going first. So they get the arrows first. (laughs) So we need to to actually just know that that the, the praise and worship... Teams in all the communities and all the churches, they are often out in the front and they take the flack. Uh, I'm not sure who said it, but somebody famous from way back when said, if Satan wants to uh, join the church, he joins the choir to cause, <laughs> to cause disruption because, because of the power of, of, of music, because of the power of worship. So they went out. And they went to war with the soldiers behind the worship team. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And they were defeated. And when they finished slaughtering, they just, they just slaughtered each other. They, it was just like kind of pandemonium. Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army. And what did they see? They saw dead bodies. The armies that destroyed each other. They turned and fought against each other. What a story. What a story. And they took three days to clear away the plunder. Three days. Jehoshaphat's soldiers must have looked at their swords and said, well, We didn't have much to do today. Probably were quite pleased. But God won the victory. And it came out of worship. It came out of praising God. It prayed out, came out of giving thanks to God. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. So often we might probably get too distracted with, uh, I know, and I know there's a place for spiritual warfare and and, but it says, uh, submit to God and resist the devil. We must submit to God. We must, we must come into our, 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 our prayer closets. And we need to worship God and, and, and encounter him and praise him. Because as we do that, the Lord fights our battles. As we do that, the Lord fights, his, fights our battles. So I want to just quickly close with one kind of last story. And it's a story of Paul and Silas. And the effectiveness of praise while in the in the Philippian jail, and they'd been flogged and put into a, in a cell. They'd been preaching the gospel, uh, and they'd been beaten and flogged and and uh, put into this prison. And prison is not is a it's not like the dead, the, the, the Danish prisons where they have television and uh, you know the, it's very cushy and comfortable. This is this is this is not an easy place to be. they And They've probably got uh, clamps around their, around their feet. And uh, it's, it's about midnight. It's been a tough day. You think you've had a tough day? Driving through the traffic on the way back from the airport. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, Paul, they, Paul and Silas have been beaten. Imagine a conversation, just imagine a conversation between Silas and, and Paul. Silas might have said, Saul, so, did we miss God today? My back hurts and my feet, I just, I don't feel like putting up with all this. It's just getting too much for me. Paul might have grown back and said, with the aching body, Silas, I think we should praise the Lord. Let's thank him. Let's thank him that we're still alive. Let's thank him that he's going to bring something good out of the situation. Let's thank him because of who he is. He's 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 still on the throne the key to Paul's relationship with Jesus, the reason why he could say this was because he knew who he was. He had his his identity was secure. He knew who he was in Jesus and he knew Jesus was in him and that whatever happened to him didn't really matter a row of beans. If you have a look at his life, not the life that you really want. He shipwrecked, beaten, left for dead, uh, and yet he considered, the, the, he said, light and momentary affliction. Light and momentary. Wow. It wasn't light or momentary. In most of the scriptures which he wrote, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Then again, I say rejoice. He had a kind of, he, from Philippians, I think he wrote that from when he was in jail in Philippi. In, in, in Philippi. He wrote that. He wrote, give thanks, always. I think, who's that? James? You know, considered it pure joy when you go through troubles. I want to take that one out. <laughs> I don't like troubles. You, don't, you probably don't like troubles. But he says, consider it joy. Give thanks in everything, in every circumstance. That's what the scripture says. Why? Because our identity is secure. We, our, our lives are, are hidden in Jesus. Our lives are hidden in Jesus. And we need to know that. You must remember this, this uh, Saul uh, stroke, stroke Paul. We must remember, he was like an ISIS terrorist. He was persecuting the church. He was killing them. You know, you think you've done a few things bad in your life. You think you... I'm not sure too many have have killed uh, any, anybody, hopefully. <laughs> or let alone kill killed the work of God. That's why I get a bit nervous with the Scriptures because... Uh, uh, Jesus says, if you call your brother a, a fool, you've committed uh, murder. So let's not go there. Because uh, so <laughs> otherwise we're probably all under, under, under pressure. But, but, but he encounters Jesus on this road to Damascus. He gets taken off his horse. He, he, he spends time in, 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 in fellowship with the Lord a couple of two or three years. And he knows who he is. So he's bold and he can go out and preach the gospel. You and I need to, be, need, need to know who, who we are. And so he's in jail, and at 12 o'clock at night, at dark time, he sings. They start singing praises to God. He starts singing. And what happens? An earthquake happens, and all the, <laughs> all the prisoners get released from, from prison. If that wasn't the result he was looking for. It. If I was in prison on that night, I would be praying and asking, Lord, get me out of here. You know why did why did this happen to me? But he didn't do that. I mean, he spent large portions of his life were in jail. Large portions, and yet in jail he could praise and he saw the miracle. And then the uh, the jailer came to the Lord. So, so, so what? And it all came through just giving thanks. giving thanks and praising. When we come into his presence with praise and thanksgiving and worship, warfare is waged against our enemies and our battles are won by the supernatural power of God. In the face of persecution, the challenge for us is to praise God, is to worship God and to unite. The enemy has no chance if we unite and we praise him and so what is praise praise is not clappy happy songs praise is not a fast fast songs at the beginning of a service followed by some nice slow intimate ones at the end praise is a declaration it's a victory cry praise is a proclamation that the enemies intend to plunder you will not rock you praise declares that you will not be moved by the enemies Attempt to snatch you away. Olivia and Senzo are still living in limber. Waiting for the permanent residence to come through. And it might. and might not. <laughs> and yet they're praising. And I think they are happy and content wherever they find themselves. That's, so, so the Lord's purposes are going to be worked out in your lives. We just pray that you are not away from us for too long. In fact, we just ask the Lord, we pray again today, again. We hold up again this application for permanent residency. But most of all, I pray for Senzo and Olivia. I just pray that they would rest in, in your provision and they would give thanks. And so Olivia is one of the team tonight that is going to be here giving thanks and we're going to see, while she's doing that, we're going to see the Lord working mighty miracles in the background. So praise takes you into the presence of God, where the enemy has no choice but to flee away. Praise, uh, God inhabits the praises of people. Yes, the, uh, we all have, if you, if you love Jesus, if you've given your life to the Lord, the Lord, he lives in you. Your identity is secure, you have his presence but there's something special as we come together as a community. Something special. That he inhabits our praises. So let's be a people. Let's be a people of, who are thanks, thankful. Who say thank you. Who praise our Lord. And I would like us just to, uh, if I can ask the worship team, just to come forward again. And we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna praise and give thanks in response to the word. Because there are many people here who might be struggling, it might be under the, under the whip financially, family-wise, I don't know what, what you're facing today. But what the Lord says today well, through these scriptures, it says, as you give thanks and as you praise Him, He's going to be at work in your heart. And so we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to worship the Lord, we're going to sing and we're going to praise and we're going to see the battle being won. If anybody after that needs prayer, there will be people to pray. Amen.